Bob Harris here, along with uh, Doug Groff from our copy department. He's going to join me for this interview because this next gentleman we have up here, is uh, he's a huge fan, and I am slowly becoming a huge fan. Uh, we're going to talk to a gentleman who's done a number of movies and has a new book out called If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. His name is Bruce Campbell, and he joins us right now from California. Bruce, this is indeed a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello, hello. I have one question for you. Sure. How come you're not talking funny up there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Talk, you don't talk funny. Yeah, we don't know how to talk, talk like that there, yeah, then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up with that there? <laughs> how are you guys? Hey, doing well, hey. doing well. So good old Fargo. Like, is it still snowing up there or what? Ah, sometimes it feels like it. Yeah, it is it raining, though, like crazy. You oh, wouldn't believe it? it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you a little bit about this. I want to ask you just a general question about the book. I've talked talk to many people about writing books, and sometimes they're going back in their, in, their, in their lives and they're saying, well, I don't remember this, I don't remember that. You've got a, a great career here. How did you manage to scoop all this up together and remember all this stuff? <laughs> uh, many therapy sessions. No, no, I don't know. Um, you know, what I decided to do was go back and talk to all my pals who, <clears throat> you know, I was either growing up with or making early films with or something like that. So I actually did the cub reporter thing. I took a tape recorder and went around and stuck it in front of him and asked him questions and then had someone transcribe it. And then so that helped me get a flavor of their voice in the book. And it also brought a lot of stuff back because what I didn't remember, somebody else invariably did. And then the trick was reconciling the different versions of stuff. Now you start with your childhood, but where, where did the acting bug first come in? When I was about eight. It was, Because I saw huh? my dad in a play... Uh, my dad, who wanted to be a painter, but my grandfather, you know, was one of these working stiffs for Alcoa Aluminum in Detroit for about 45 years, and he's like, you want to do what? <laughs> so my dad got into advertising as a result, didn't really like it because it wasn't creative enough, and got into community theater as a creative outlet. And I went to see him in a play, and I was astounded because it was a whole new side of my dad that I'd never seen before. And I think it really stuck with me. It really... Uh, made me realize that, like, if you're an adult, you, you, if you had that job as an actor, you could still screw around your whole life. <laughs> so so plays was your first experience then? Yeah, exactly. It was just in this community theater group called St. Dunstan's outside of Detroit in this beautiful suburban setting. It was an outdoor Greek theater built in the 30s. As part of this crazy, it was the, the, the grounds of the uh, Detroit News Magnet. Um, it was the Booth Estate, his old grounds, that they turned into this great academy and theater and it was a really cool uh, place to learn your craft and because as kids the, the directors would stand way in the back where the big pine trees were and they'd have you shout so that they, you could be heard and just good little training things like that and the, the big the big key thing was do not drink soda before you go on stage so they wouldn't let any of the kids have you know Cokes because they would, you know, they didn't want to burp during the, <laughs> during the climax. I guess they'd had that problem before. They they really made a big deal out of it. It's like, what's the big deal? But then during rehearsals, a couple kids on stage were just, you know, <laughs> it kind of ruined the effect. So now that's a little uh, something for you guys too. Don't don't drink soda before you go on. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, the the first? You got that little cough button, don't you? Yeah. We well, yeah. We got to switch right we at our tell hands. The audience that <laughs> we got I the think little it's time to reveal one dirty secret of radio. <laughs> yeah. And it's when you guys cough. Like if I want to cough now, I'm kind of boned. But you guys have a little button. You can put it where it mutes your voice, and you can go. <laughs> And no one would ever know. 
So I think your your listeners have to know how you're cheating them. Oh, if you just joined us, by the way, this is Bruce Campbell. And we should start a no-cough button campaign and make you guys <laughs> go. do it right. If you just joined us, Bruce Campbell is our guest of Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. Are you, you happy that you're best known for the Evil Dead movies, the series? I don't know. Um, betwixt and between, because it has positives and negatives. Um, you know, the last time I played that character was 10 years ago, and there's been a few things since then. So in my mind, you know, that was a, that was a phase. You know, that was the Ash phase. And then there was the Briscoe phase, or the Hercules phase. They're all phases. And then as an actor, you move on, you go to the next character. But it's, 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 always, it's also great to have a character that seemed to be somewhat indelible. Cool. You know, even though it's infamous. Bruce, uh, this is Doug Groff, by the way. I got, I got a question for you. Are you the guy who's making you. this bold statement about being a yeah, fan? I'm a, I, yeah, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> Doug, take, Doug, take your clothes off right now. All right, here we go. No, don't please. <laughs> please, not in I, front of me. I don't need God, to. it's radio. <laughs> That's very true, very true. Well, I got to ask you, uh, especially in the Evil Dead movie, how much of that stuff is ad-libbed? I mean... Uh, we would do some, but, you know, until we got our chops as actors and writers and directors and stuff we we didn't we didn't know to do stuff like that you know when the first evil dead script was written all the actors whether whether it was the crappiest dialogue in the world and much of it was we thought <laughs> it's it's our job to make this dialogue the best that we can make it and as a result evil dead is almost campy but we're not trying to be campy. That's what people don't really understand. We failed. You know, we're bad actors delivering poor dialogue. That's a bad combination. It's only later, as an actor, as you develop, you go, man, this dialogue sucks. I've got to fix this. Because I'm going to look like a jerk if I say this. And, but So you need some perspective. So we didn't start fooling around with the evil dead one-liners until probably Army of Darkness. Really? really? Great. Hey, let me Sam Raimi would throw out a bunch of lines while the camera was rolling. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you about Evil Dead, because it, it does have a huge following of fans, almost like Star Trek fans, if you will. You got any strange run-ins with the fans? I mean, how come they're so devoted to this series? I think they're devoted because they can live through the character of Ash. Ash is the character who always says what they've always wanted to say to the bullies and to the teachers and to the idiots of the world. <laughs> but only Ash will say it, because then Ash will get the grunt beat out of him. And they go, yeah, well, at least he said it, or at least he was belligerent or whatever. He, college kids, I think, like the belligerent nature of that character. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't care whether the... He doesn't care whether he does the right thing. And that's pretty dangerous for a lead character. Yeah, it is. I was going to ask you, too, you... you you're not afraid to make fun of yourself and, and uh, you know, take the licks that, that a lot of leading guys, you know, probably wouldn't do. Right, you know? but that's that's their loss. Yeah. Because I think that's half the fun is making fun of that Hollywood crap. Yeah. Making fun of Hollywood is, is a great hobby. Oh, yeah. There's so much to make fun of, especially this summer. Yeah, it's a living parody of itself. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you seen the opening of, uh, did you, have you seen Swordfish yet? No, but I got two words for you. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh. Okay, but that's another thing. I was going to say swordfish. When you see the opening monologue by John Travolta, he'll reiterate some of the things we just discussed about Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah. We have to take a brief break. Bruce Campbell is our guest here on KFGEO. The name of the book is called If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. We'll be back with more in just a moment. 
Welcome back. Bob Harris here along with our uh, copywriter. Yeah. That's what he does for a living here at KFGO, Doug Groff. We're talking to uh, Bruce Campbell, who, of course, has done many movies. We're talking about the uh, the Evil Dead movies. You were in a movie called Hudsucker Proxy. And I had to bring this up real quick. L- Love Bug 97, Mickey Dolenz is now here. Uh, he'll be here tomorrow night, Friday night, as a matter of fact. You better ask him about the Love Bug. <laughs> <laughs> he was in that. That's where I got emails from diehard Evil Dead fans saying, Bruce, say it ain't so. <laughs> you sold out to Disney. You're working for the mouse. You know, they sending me blocks of cheese. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, but, you know, that's I have two kids, and so it's nice to show them something that they could actually watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and Mickey Dolenz was very entertaining in that because he plays this kooky car guy. He plays, he, he makes funny cars. And so he played sort of a tough guy in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go back to Evil Dead here for just a moment. I'm just kind of curious. You're always going back. Yeah, well, we, ha- go we back. have to because we've, we've got to ask you this question. Obviously, especially with Army of Darkness, uh, you've got to fight imaginary let's come up foes. Come with a friendly version of it. Let's let's say Army O Darkness. Army, Army O Darkness. darkness. <laughs> it has a nice friendly ring to it. Okay, Mister Fancy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mocking? <laughs> I told him to answer the phone like that, but he wouldn't. Uh, well, hello, fancy man. <laughs> uh, anyway, how tough is it to fight an imaginary foe in a, in a movie like that? An imaginary what? Imaginary foe and an evil villain. Or were um, the skeletons real? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, I was going to say, what was fake? <laughs> we went to 1300 and fought monsters. I don't know what your problem is. Um, you know what? It just takes acting to the extreme, because everything is fake about acting. Everything is fake about motion pictures, and I know that's going to be a big blow to some of your listeners, where it's not really moving pictures. It's a series of still images, and the, the words are not actually coming from the actor's lips. They're coming from speakers on all sides. And they made they didn't make up that dialogue. Someone gave it to them. But <clears throat> so it's all fake. But when you get into special effects, then it's really fake because you're you're really looking at an X on a wall or a little stand with a piece of tape on it. It says, <laughs> you know, that's the horrible winged creature. It's coming at you. You know. And so when you have guys like Sam Raimi, it's pretty helpful actually because he'll sort of act out what the creature's doing and he'll talk to you like a silent movie director. Okay, mister, this thing's coming closer, closer. You're terrified, see? No, not that terrified. More terrified, you know. Sam, Sam Raimi should walk around with a, the, the little rider's crop and jodhpurs. You did some of those fight scenes by numbers, too, right, if I read yeah, that? Yeah, totally. Uh, it was this effect called Intravision, where they're actually projecting it live on a front-screen projection while I'm in the foreground. It's all. It was literally done with mirrors. And so... I had to time out what was happening behind me based on a series of numbers of like turning and fighting and switching and crossing over and ducking and stabbing. It was all very weird, so it was acting by numbers, yeah. And you do a lot of your, pretty much your own stunts too, Bruce, is that correct? Oh, I do, I do more than normal, but yeah. insurance companies do hold the final hand. What? <laughs> you gotta, uh, Seriously, because they, they can say, you know what, Bruce, if you want to ride that horse through that window... Go for it. But if you hurt yourself, we're not going to cover you. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so you really can't then, because you can't risk shutting your production down. You so. were cut up a little bit on that Army O Darkness, weren't you? Yeah, I cut myself on a... I flipped a stuntman down some stairs and cut my chin on a piece of armor. But by the time I got to the emergency room, the guy's like, which one is it? Because <laughs> I went in as Ash to the emergency room. 
And I already had about 17 cuts on my face. And the guy goes, what? what's your problem, man? <laughs> well, first of all, I wasn't like a regular accident victim. Because those guys that come in in regular street clothes, I had a cape on. <laughs> and the guy must have thought I was playing some games with my boyfriend or something, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm Superman now. No, you are. No, I am. And then we, we fell through our a plate glass window, you know, grabbing for a gin bottle or something. Oh, and so I had to kind of explain to him, I'm an actor. He goes, yeah, okay. Okay, buddy. Yeah. And he goes, so then I threw it back in his face. He goes, which one is it? And I'm like, well, don't you know? Because <laughs> most of these are fake. Find the real one, doctor. Oh. Oh, so anyway... The good news is, because I had so much crap on my face already, he stitched me up and I went back to work and no one could tell which what the problem was. <laughs> because it's not like a soap opera where they're beautiful all the time. I mean, Ash is never beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, i got to ask you real quick then. Is there going to be an Evil Dead 4? Oh, that's so weird. I've never heard that before. <laughs> See what I wrote on there, Bob? I said the most obvious question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried um, to prep him, Bruce. Here's, here's kind of how it works. Um, those movies actually have done very well for a lot of people, uh, studios included. But, you know, it's over a long period of time. And when the money sort of trickles in like that, no one really notices, no one really gets excited about it. Whereas if Army of Darkness had opened with a big weekend and made some big numbers, we would have already made a sequel. It's when the movies make money over a long period of time that no one seems to notice or care. And plus you have young regimes in there now. You know, we have we have executives now who were, you know, born when we were shooting Evil Dead. So they don't really have a, a working knowledge of those movies necessarily. Unless their parents took them to see it, <laughs> which is the case. Yes. Uh, I have to tell you, you know, you've done a couple of TV series too with Xena and Hercules down sure. in uh, in in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, uh, we have kind of a, a semi tie here. Kevin Sorbo attended college here in town in uh, in Moorhead, Minnesota, which is right across the uh, river here. Oh, the Sorbino. The Sorbino, yeah. The Sorbster, who's is... got a new fancy TV show now. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> Kevin's a great guy. I, I like the fact that he was sort of from the Midwest as well, because when I work with him, I went down as a director on Hercules first, and I'm like, oh, man, is this guy going to be a pain in the butt, or what's the deal? But he, we turned out to become pretty good friends, because um, we have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. You know, we're about the same age, same background. It's just he slept with 10,000 more women than I have. <laughs> <laughs> Over the same period. Oh, no. You know, every Friday night I was reading a book, you know, he was putting a notch in his belt. <laughs> oh, well, he's Hercules. <laughs> but that's with great love and respect yeah. that I say that. That's what Hercules can do. And I he's... think Kevin would probably back me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I see Xena has, fil has filmed their final show, too, so that's going to be wrapping up. Uh, she has yeah. ridden off into the sunset. Yeah. And if I told you the plot, I'd have to kill you. Uh oh <laughs> No, I don't want that. How is Jack of All Trades doing? Uh, it's doing so well that they canceled it. Oh, no. Yeah, but thanks for asking. <laughs> you might no, want to explain, it's one of those things, you know, we thought we could hide on syndication for like four or five years, and no one would know. But, I mean, we hid too well. The advertisers <laughs> didn't even know we were there. We're going to have to... Kind of like your show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Where, you know, you get an email saying, God, I'm sorry you haven't worked in a long time, and, and here you are going, I'm working all the time! <laughs> But no, we couldn't. Didn't quite catch on. Um, uh -huh. Syndication sometimes is tough because in each market it's in a different time. And man, a jack of all trades. I think because it was a comedy, they gave us the most comedic time slots. 
you know, Buffalo, New York at one in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the book, by the way, if chins could kill confessions of a B movie actor, Bruce Campbell is uh, with us here on the right, uh, KFGF. Even on shelves right this minute. <laughs> a couple of other real quick questions. Then we got to run. Okay. Uh, I understand uh, McFarland toys going to be making an ash action figure. Yeah, they already have one of them. They're doing another one. Great. How does they have it f- the regular one that, that goes with their other movie maniacs line. Although, the, here's the cool thing. I'm the only good guy of the whole batch. Wow. The only good guy. That's, that's what means the most to me. It's good that they got a, you know, a hero in there somewhere. And now they're doing like this 18-inch jobby that should be, you know, <clears throat> like uh, G.I. Joe gone on steroids. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with that. <laughs> and uh, Superman. Sam Raimi's got that uh, coming up. Uh, how, what's your involvement? Spider-Man. In Spider-Man, Spider-Man, I'm sorry. Get Spider-Man. Superheroes. <laughs> yeah, we <Yeah>. got <laughs> Well, you're always into cape. Who knows, you know? That's right. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's your involvement in that? I play a guy, uh, I just, it's a cameo. You know, I play a ring announcer, and I actually give Spider-Man his real name. Because, you know, I'm about to announce and bring him into this wrestling match, and Tobey Maguire goes, uh... Well, I say to him, hey, what's your name, kid? He goes, ah, uh, the human spider. <laughs> no, no, you got to jazz it up a little. The amazing Spider-Man. So I give him his name. Wow, very so cool. So I actually do have the pivotal role in the movie. Uh, Bruce, we've got to run here, but I think uh, I just want to mention... No, no, I'm not done, guys. You're not done? <laughs> well, that... Stop looking at your watch and let's, let's talk about art. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Well, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. We'll do it. No, no, no. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead cut me off. That's fine. No. I don't want to cut you off. Uh, right, Bruce when you're in line, sign in my book, and I see you. See you later, alligator. <laughs> if Chins Could Kill Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, uh, it is out everywhere right now, right? Uh, it darn well better be. Yeah, this is a great book. It's a lot of fun. And uh, you are a blast. Uh, what's, your, what's your next uh, project? Where are we going to see you next? My next project is a thing called Sleep. Sleep. I'll be sleeping soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a picture called sleep. It's real sleep. It's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Now, we're, we're promoting this book like the Dickens, as you can tell. I mean, I mean, I did talk to you guys today just because I love your show. It has nothing to do with my book at all. But, Whoa. no, we're going to take some time off, I think. Oh. My wife and I have been going pretty hard. Bruce, you are a gas. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And, folks, pick up the book. You are really going to love it. It's available everywhere right now. Bruce Campbell, thank you much, my friend. Okay, guys. Adios. Take care.